0: What is up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. I think we should start this over. I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like the vibe? I don't like the vibe here. All right. What's up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. We are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. You can reach <laughs> and Google Play. You can reach out. <laughs> you can reach out to us. Barry, I, I got to start over again. Oh my God, take three. This is gonna East. be a long show, and I'm totally sober and normal right now. <laughs> what is up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. We are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. We are also live every Thursday night on Dash Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. They haven't kicked us off of that but yet, huh? Net Channel. No, we are still on. Amazingly. I just simply forgot to submit the show last week, Barry. <laughs> We've done like everything you could possibly do to try to get kicked <laughs> off of that. You know what, Barry? When they don't pay you shit and provide, and you provide content for them, there's really nothing they can do. That's yeah. what I've realized. They uh, messaged me that Thursday at like three o'clock and they were like, uh, where's the show file? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, fuck, dash radio. And I just, I was just totally honest. I was like, dude, I totally fucking forgot. I'm sorry, but you're not going to get it today. Well, that's the thing thing about a deadline when you're not getting paid for it. It's not like your job that you, you know, put that much stock into it. Right. Like if I fucking feel like doing it, it's going to go up there. If I forget, I forget. Barry, what show is this? It's a Hard next Life. Oh, you mean what number (laughs) show? (laughs) This is season two. Episode 30.
1: This is Randy from West Bergen. I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. Hey, Craig This is
0: Brooks from City I'm from DC. Hey, guys. Steve this here. This
1: Manny from Stanford. Calling all the
0: way from Palm Springs, California.
1: It is a hard. It's a hard. It is a hard. Knicks. Knicks life. Knicks life. It's a hard Knicks life. Knicks life.
0: Barry, are you fucking woke, motherfucker? Are you woke? I've been trying to stay woke. Well, you gotta stay woke all the time. That's what KP's telling us to do. The truth will come out. Stay woke. That motherfucker leaves New York, demands a trade out of New York, and now is telling us what to do? Fucking joke, Barry. How you doing? A week after the craziness of last week's Porzingis News. I'm in a good I'm in a good place.
1: Are you? I'm in, yeah, I'm in a good place. Okay, good. Finally. And the more the more nonsense and bullshit that trickles out and the more stupid shit that KP does and says to piss me off, just gets uh. me even more grounded and I'm just even more okay with it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, he had that Instagram post that we were just quoting. The city right. deserves better than that. My suggestion for Knicks fans is to stay woke. Peace, and so everyone's like, "What is he fucking talking about? Like, what? Like, as if we don't have enough doubt in our own franchise." Porzingis has to plant these little fucking seeds when he's already gone, and then,
1: and yet, from from our camp, like you know, between Perry and Mills, whenever they talk to anybody publicly, it's all positive things to say about Porzingis and his camp. They're saying all the right things. They're taking the high road. So, I mean, up to this point,
0: I mean, the Knicks are looking really good. Perry and Mills took the high road. MSG did some questionable things in their, that first game Okay, without Porzingis on the team. Did you notice that uh, full-screen graphic they had on during that game on Sunday? Yes. <laughs> they, like, listed basically all the problems— that KP created. The missed games over his career. The missed exit interview. It was just a list of fuck ups or list I, of negatives. Look, I mean I even objectively I don't
1: really have a problem with that because you could say that they're kind of illustrating that stuff almost to the point where like these are things that could possibly have led to this trade. You know, it wasn't all just coming from KP saying you wanted it out, but maybe the Knicks had some ground to you know, do their due diligence ahead of time before these supposed meetings with, um, what's his name? Janis is that how he pronounces his brother's name? I think Giannis. Um, Giannis. Um, you know that they that they looked into places that they could move him because of these things. You know, so I don't I don't really have a problem with MSG doing that. It's not like the 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 childish stuff that KP is is throwing out there. And then and then when he's asked about it. Oh, now now you're in front of people and there's a camera rolling, and you, you're not limited to certain characters, and you can't post what you want to post. Now you're gonna take, you're gonna say, "Oh, I'm I'm just focusing on today. Maybe one day in the future,
0: I'll talk about it." Right. Speaking of Giannis, I would like to just take this opportunity to recognize uh, Barry's sister and Barry's mother and father, who were. Watching Barry do the podcast from his bathroom right now. They are part of the team. I'm not entirely sure why they're in your house tonight. Are they visiting? They go everywhere with me. Right.
1: Um, maybe you haven't <laughs> noticed them before, but yeah, I don't, I don't travel anywhere without them. And it's imperative that you do recognize them, and I thank you for <laughs> doing so.
0: Well, I do want to stay on your good side, because you are very important to the show. You're crucial. And... Uh, just thank them for everything they do. They're nodding their heads in the back. Right. You're welcome. Anytime. Yeah. yeah. Right. Would they like to say anything? No, no. But
1: they, they, I they think they're your three o'clock today. All <laughs> right. So they'll be, they'll be right in front of your office oh, at three.
0: we're gonna have a little meeting.
1: <laughs> yeah, unless they cancel on you, you know, Is and then they'll okay just, okay just
0: Maybe, maybe it's not. <laughs> okay. Oh, the truth will come out. <laughs> right. Right. Just. Whatever you do, stay woke. <laughs> right, stay woke. So what'd you think about that Porzingis presser in Dallas? Mark Berman was there, which dude, I fucking hate Mark Berman, but I give him a lot of credit for going all the way to Dallas to yeah. ask the questions that Knicks fans wanna hear, right? <laughs> no, I appreciated it. He was like he was like the only one in that den of wolves, you know, <laughs> asking the tough questions. You had Trey Burke there, looking miserable like always. Courtney Lee looking miserable. Tim Hardaway looking miserable. Well, they Tim were like he's smiling. They were like the package, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, uh, the throw-ins, the, uh, right?
1: What's that? That gift? The uh, on a game show? The uh, when when you don't win the consolation prize? <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs> could what you? They be- were. Could you believe that Carlisle had to give that shout out to Giannis? Uh. K.P.'s therapist. Krzysztof's uh, brother, uh, Giannis, is here who represents him. And I just want to recognize him because he and
1: I spent a couple hours talking last night just to get to know each other. And um, he's a, a very important part of Krzysztof's of team, along with Dan, who does PR with him. Um, Baldi, his, uh, his um what do you call them? Therapist?
0: Yeah. Yeah, therapist
1: who's uh, going to be involved. And, uh, you know, we just, uh, we want to make sure that we recognize these guys as being part of his team and, and in a way our team too now. And uh,
0: Stu for Trey. You got
1: to Stu. Stu. What's up, Stu? I didn't meet Stu yet. How are you?
0: When I heard that and saw that, it made me, I was so relieved that we don't have to deal with that shit right now on this team.
1: No, I mean you've heard words thrown around around before, like diva, you know, uh, when it comes to KP. It's
0: like, yeah, this is the stuff that gives him that type of reputation. I never heard that. Like, I never, I never realized how bad it was until all this went down. Well, that's Did the whole you? thing. You'd
1: hear no, no. Well, no, we never saw it. I mean, you heard whispers of it, but yeah, there was never any evidence of it. Whenever KP spoke. You know, whether it was like in that documentary that he did or whether it was in interviews, like I loved Prazingis. I loved the way that he carried himself. I loved that he represented my team, you know, but it's like all of a sudden and and it's not even like it's not even like now he's an enemy because he's on the other team I'm looking for shit to find wrong with him. It's like legitimate stuff that pisses me off and that, yeah, it's like good riddance. I mean, first and foremost, you don't want to be here. Good. We don't want you here. But then to pile on that, like all this negative stuff, it's like, wow.
0: Wow. I'm really glad you didn't want to be here because now I see like the real you is coming out. He seems so fucking fake. Like he had that Instagram post about the truth will come out. And then his first oppor- opportunity to speak at that press conference, they asked him about New York and the what went down and he just says he wants to leave the past in the fucking past. Uh, Mark Berman, New York Post. Hi, Chris. Um, did you ask to be traded, and if so, you know, why did you want a, a fresh start? In, in KP,
1: this is Dallas. You can say, nah, we're not going to answer that. <laughs>
0: Ooh. Why did you feel that you needed a, a fresh start and wanted out of New York? How you doing, Mark? Good to see you. Uh,
1: um, you know, right now... The situation is what it is,
0: um, I would rather just focus on what's ahead of me than, you know, looking back and, 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 you know, there might be a time when I go into more detail about that situation, but right now I just want to focus on my new team, on, on the Dallas Mavericks.
1: It sure seems like you had a lot to say on Instagram 10 minutes ago, dickface.
0: Yeah, so fucking say it. What is going on? That was your chance. Don't plant these seeds. He's fucking with us. Or they just can't get their story straight, and they're trying to fix what makes them look, puts them in a very bad light. The I think that's what it is. Poor Zinga's fucking clan.
1: And and you know maybe it's maybe it's Giannis in his ear saying, you know, if they ask you this, answer it this way. You know, you know, here's what we should here's what we should post on Instagram right now. You know, have people, you know, give some people doubt, like, uh,
0: you know, like like they did something in the wrong here. What do you think when they said that the plan all along was for KP to sit out the entire season?
1: Well, you're saying that came from KP's mouth, right? That didn't come from anywhere else, right?
0: It was a little confusing. It came like part, partly from Mark Cuban and partly from KP.
1: Yeah, so I heard it when Chris Stapp said it, um, and he basically said it fairly quickly. Um, he said that was a plan all along, anyway. You know, I was going to sit out this year. Um, and then like, yeah, 10 minutes later, the questions got back to Berman and Berman brought up and he asked the fact about it. And it's almost like they wanted to backpedal a little bit. Chris Stapps didn't feel comfortable answering. Mark Cuban had to step in. Right. Cause Berman was, it.
0: Berman was like, well, what was the plan in February? Cause you always said, and the Knicks always said they were going to check him out in mid February and <laughs> right. see where he stood. Which is a and great Berman's basically like, what's the fucking point of even doing that? If the plan is to just sit you out the whole season, right? <laughs> right. Right, It's all very confusing. And you got the sense, even when the Knicks said, like, I think it came through the media or through some writers that they wanted to sit Porzingis out the entire season, but Porzingis wasn't happy with that. You remember that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I do. Absolutely. And
0: then maybe, and then some of us thought that was maybe some of the friction between the two sides that led to all this. And now Porzingis is saying the plan all along was to fucking sit out the whole season. Right. So the plan all along was to sit out the entire season. And then the Knicks weren't going to get any sort of look at him before they had to decide if they were going to sign him to a multi-year max deal. And apparently Porzingis wasn't even interested in that. So I'm confused by why these two sides didn't have any of these discussions before this late. It's it's weird, right? Yeah. Why? why <laughs> both sides were on total... The Knicks weren't sure about signing him if he wasn't going to play all season, and he didn't want to sign here. But for almost the entire season, we're playing this game, acting like all the fans are thinking Porzingis might come back at the end of the season. or at well, yeah, worse, I mean, The thing is, like, I don't
1: understand. Yeah, because, okay, let's say it had nothing to do with his timetable for returning, right? Because, I mean, it almost seems like it doesn't. Because he's he was going back and forth in that press conference between him and Mark Cuban about saying it doesn't really matter. What the Knicks wanted to do, and then it, like I said before, it seemed like KP was backtracking on his statement. So, if it didn't have to do with that, like, what is his big issue with the Knicks and with New York? Like, he knew what this season was going to be about, and then you hear um, the teams that they were basically saying that they were okay with going to, and like, it was the Nets and it was the Clippers. So it's like, what was so wrong with New York? And the Knicks organization, yet you would be fine with going to Brooklyn. Like, who who's the problem in the Knicks organization that that you're facing?
0: Well, I think it could have just been the constant losing and the fact that they won ten ten have won ten games this year. It's all I can. It's all I can come up with. I mean, Porzingis maybe was thinking, "All right, I'm going to see if this new coach Fisdale... And some of these new young guys, I, I want them to show me some promise because I want to join a team that's on the right track next year. He probably just simply didn't want to join a 10 win team. You know? Right. That's my right. gut.
1: Well, I guess apparent to him, like he didn't think that the Knicks were going to be able to sign a Max guy then because if they were, and, you know, obviously we don't know what a. If it's not Zion, we don't really know what a top five pick is going to essentially do for this team, you know, particularly in a win loss column. But you would think getting somebody of like a Kevin Durant type or a top five player in this league or, you know, one of these top max guys adding to this team would at least elevate them, you would hope, to where the Nets are at this point now. But I guess you're saying that KP just thought that it was going
0: to be a much longer road to get to where New Jersey is. Or I'm sorry, Brooklyn is. Who the fuck knows what's going on, man? because we all think that maybe Mills and Perry know something about who's coming this summer, and we'll talk about a little bit about that later. Sure. But you'd think if they knew, they'd be like, listen, KP, I mean, trust me, you want to sign with us because uh, fucking Kevin Durant's coming, you know? I don't know. It's all very interesting. Mark Stein's article in The Times today that came out shed a lot of light on the whole thing. Yeah, it did. It before really, that article, really we were in the piece. dark on almost everything. And we didn't know what to believe because you have Porzingis' camp saying things. You got Mills and Perry saying some things. It was interesting that apparently the Knicks were shopping Porzingis during the entire month of January. Right. And had their eyes on certain point guards or backcourt, like, young stars that they were trying to get in exchange for him somehow. Right, right. Donovan Mitchell and Darren Fox were the two guys. Yeah. And they couldn't get their hands on any of them. So obviously, they did do their homework and did reach out to teams. They reached out to the teams that had things that they wanted, which makes sense. And which makes a lot of sense when you hear all these reports of a lot of teams never getting a chance at Porzingis. And then everyone's been thinking that the Knicks didn't do their due diligence. But they reached out to the teams and I had conversations with the teams that had the pieces that fit our team, which is the way you should do it, not uh, all-out canvassing of every single team in the entire fucking league. So that was interesting. That list of... T- I thought it was interesting how, how he talked about the night before the trade, Dallas and the Knicks played each other. Did you read this? Yeah. And Don Nelson and Scott Perry had been having conversations about maybe getting Dennis Smith Jr. over here, and then they escalated to involving Porzingis, and the warrior, the Warriors, the Mavs were trying to get the Knicks to agree to like a handshake deal the night of that game. But Perry and Mills didn't want to do it. They wanted to wait just because they knew they had this meeting with Giannis and Kristaps the next morning. And then apparently that meeting with Giannis and Kristaps lasted five fucking minutes. <laughs> they demanded a trade. And then a list of four four teams? Did they say how many teams? They said four
1: teams, but in this article, they only named two of the teams, the Nets and the Clippers.
0: But that Dallas was not one of the teams he wanted to go to, which was fucking totally a shock to me. Mm -hmm. Right? Because Luke is there. His childhood idol is there. All along, I was convinced that Chris Stapps was playing us. Chris Dapps and Giannis, and it was their goal to get him to Dallas. Right. And they had some fucking deal with Dallas that like he was going to say he was just going to sign the qualifying offer, but once they trade for him, you know, he'd eventually sign a multi-year max with them. But maybe not. I don't... Dude, KP and Giannis and this whole thing, that whole group, it's so hard to figure out. Again, and I think you saw it in the Detroit game, Dude, it's almost like I never realized the dark cloud that that was putting on this franchise.
1: Can, can I give you a conspiracy theory?
0: Yeah, fuck yeah. I love conspiracy theories.
1: This is not one that I support, but I'm going to say this is a conspiracy oh. theory that I'm going to uh, throw out there right now. <laughs>
0: okay. Did you make? Did you come up with this? Yes. You came up with it, but you do not support it. Correct. All right, spread the conspiracy, Barry.
1: Chris Stapps, Przingis. Is working with the Knicks as we speak. This is all part of the Knicks grand plan. Listen.
0: No, I'm not. This is stupid. I know what you're going to say.
1: That Chris Stepps went over to Dallas in order to free up this cap space to get two Max guys over here. Yep. Do that qualifying offer for that small deal to go back in the open
0: market so the Knicks can re sign him. And in the meantime, piss off every fucking Knicks fan on the planet.
1: <laughs> not be the not? long
0: run. Why not? Stay woke, man. The truth will come out. Oh, shit. See what, All right, I, just see what I just got I mean? chills from that little conspiracy theory of yours. <laughs> no, so no, it's just one
1: of those, you know, you have these fleeting thoughts travel through your head. That was one of them. Yeah, um, I heard that, that coming.
0: I heard some people say shit like that. Let you got to be a,
1: a, a crazy person, though, to, to be able to live like that, to live a lie <laughs> like that for a year and a half. Oh, yeah. That's tough. That's rough. How about the threat that um, that the Przingis brothers basically gave the Knicks if he wasn't traded, saying that they oh. were going to leave the team and continue his rehabilitation in
0: Spain if he wasn't moved by the now, deadline? Let what, what kind of fucking threat is that, by the way? <laughs> is that... Would that be? I understand they want him with the team, but you know what it is though. It's one of those things. Won't be close to him and won't know what he's thinking. Yeah, and the fact that,
1: I mean, I just it was it's similar to like a Kawhi situation, you know, that we were facing last year. It's just like it hurts the team so much because like there's no way they can get the value that they deserve. I mean, I think San Antonio was lucky, you know, for getting DeRozan in that deal for Kawhi back then because, you know, you're you're up against the wall. Everybody in the world knows the player doesn't want to be there, and everybody knows you want to get rid of them to move on. You know, it's just a bad situation. But, but, but again, it goes back to the Knicks making a great deal when they did, getting the most out of, like you know, squeezing the most juice out of a lemon, you know, that you possibly can. Yeah, and, I think
0: they they definitely did it in a little bit of a hurry up because they got. I think they got that list of four teams KP wanted to go to, right? They said ex- they they listed them as acceptable trade destinations, right which is a fucking joke that a guy that hasn't played in a year over a year with a major injury can demand a trade anywhere. But yeah, I think the Knicks were like, oh shit, let's deal him to a team before this list comes out and before everyone hears that he's only gonna sign a qualifying offer if it's not to one of those four teams because then you were, even though that Dallas might not be bothered by that, your leverage goes way down because Dallas can just pretend to be bothered by it. So yeah, they got that list of four teams and they were like, before this list even gets out, we're going to send them away. Let me ask you a question, Barry. What do you think about this? You ready? Yeah. When did KP first get injured? It's like around Christmas time, right? Last year,
1: you're you're not talking about the ACL injury.
0: The ACL, yeah. When that was, was that? February
1: sixth.
0: It's February sixth. So we're right around twelve months then. Exactly. Exactly. Well, not exactly, but
1: well, when exactly. this podcast comes out, it'll be exactly one <laughs> year to the day. Happy anniversary.
0: Okay, happy fucking anniversary. So twelve months, and and we heard like that players come back anywhere between ten and twelve months from this injury, right? Actually, it was like nine and 12 months, because I remember
1: we were looking into that for that particular injury. Right. They said it would be a little different because of somebody size, seven foot three. But yeah, typically nine, 10 months, and at most 12 months.
0: Right, and I understand when Porzingis was with us, we were sort of resting him. We were going to rest him the entire season Uh, For a few reasons. One is that we want to get as good a draft pick as possible. One is just to play it safe with him and get his body where it needs to be, right? Sort of be overly cautious. And then you also heard maybe like, you know, we don't really know how long the rehab is for a guy who's seven foot three with this injury because I don't know if that's even ever happened, right?
1: Is there a question coming?
0: There's a question, dude. So if he even goes to Dallas who isn't tanking, Right, and they're playing pretty well, and they have Luca, and everyone's saying that he technically could be playing, or maybe should be by now. But even Dallas is saying we're going to sit him the rest of the season. What is that? Th- I have this gut feeling that this rehab, or for some reason, and I think maybe this played into the Knicks not being comfortable signing him to a max without him playing this season. Maybe it's not going as exactly as planned. Like it just seems like why would Dallas not want him to play this year? Wouldn't they want him as part of that team? Well, They're the ones who have to consider signing him to a five year hundred fifty eight million dollar deal in this on July first. Do you hear what I'm saying?
1: I do. I mean, it depends. There's still a few games under 500, right? I think a big part of it has to do if they believe that they can realistically make the playoffs. Um, and probably, you know, what seed they get. You know, if you... First of all, if you don't make the playoffs then and you know you're not going to make the playoffs, then yeah, there's no point in KP even joining this team. Yeah. Um, if you are going to make the playoffs but just squeeze in at an eighth seed and you're going up against Golden State in the first round, there's no way you're winning that series. So again, it goes back to the first thing I said. You don't you don't play him. Now, if you go on a run and you get to the seventh or, you know, even the sixth seed, and now you're going into May and you're still playing ball as Dallas and you actually have a shot to go further into, you know, maybe the second round of the playoffs, how do you not play KP? So, I mean, I think there's a chance that they would go back on what they're saying now. You know, if we're looking at three months from now, and they're in a playoff race, you know, if they're actually in the playoffs, I'm saying. If you I'm have just a, a, a little, weapon uh, like that, if you have a weapon like that, even if he's not at 100%, how could you not play him?
0: He's already at 12. he's been not played for 12 months. And you have heard rumors that he's medically cleared to play, but they're just trying to work on his body to avoid a future injury. Listen, you know what? I don't know if we should even talk anymore about KP. Who gives a shit? How do you feel about that? You feel good about that? About not talking about him?
1: Yeah, I let's talk about put, the Knicks. He's let's fucking the Knicks put him anymore, in the past. bro.
0: Enough is enough. Dude, another loss. 27 losses in 29 games.
1: Like 14 in a row. I will be honest, this
0: was way better than the Knicks game I went to on Sunday with my entire family. Oh, that's right. How was the, essentially, the Memphis game? It was a fucking funeral, basically. <laughs> Dude, I could, we picked this game on the calendar months ago <laughs> for us all to get together like big family outing. First of all, it's complicated when you have like all your little kids going. It's not. You can't really pay that much attention to the game. Dude, but nobody was... It was Dennis Smith's first game. They never even practiced together. You got Wes Matthews and Jordan playing big minutes. Mitchell was out. Frank was still out. Moutier was still out. It was just an awful game to go to. The the crowd was chanting, we want Cantor. Oh my God, it was loud. It's the loudest it had ever been. Dude, it sounded like a third of the arena was chanting it. Now, how come... When those chants get going, there's not like the
1: other portion of the arena doing like an anti-chant at the same exact time. I was personally, I was booing when they were doing it. I want to hear just like the going back and forth in the arena. We want Cantor. No, no, no. You know, something going back and forth. It, it, it was amazing. I mean, because it, it's not like it had been. This was really loud and it came through over MSG. Now, the other thing I was wondering is because you might have missed this because you you know you were in the stands you weren't watching on TV. Did you see the point in the game when Ennis went running up to like the the scores table because he was going to come in and then he had to go back and sit down?
0: No, but I read about that later on. That's yeah, apparently
1: they 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 <laughs> called out probably to Dennis. Right, they and did. And he to thought Dennis, they said yeah.
0: Ennis. You know, Dude, when was pretty when, it, great. when everyone was chanting, my mom happened to be sitting next to me at that moment. Right, And she was like. Why are they chanting that? Oh, even she knew. Or or she didn't know anything. She was like, "Well, what she was like, what are they chanting?" And I was like, "Yeah, oh, they're wow. chanting we want canter." And then I was she was like, "Why?" And I was just like, I was so like pent up from that chant and it it's just embarrassing. it's fucking embarrassing that everyone's chanting that. And I was like, "Mom, I don't fucking I don't know. I do not know why they're chanting it." He sucks. They want him to play for some reason. It makes no... Why the fuck are we chanting, we want Cantor? Ugh. Is it just Taurus? You know, Do I f-
1: I I meet a lot... So I work in like a retail business. So I come across a lot of different types of people. And, and sometimes, you know, if they're wearing Nick Garb or something like that, just how it's, somehow if it comes out that they somewhat, you know, are into the Knicks, you know, we'll get into talking... And for whatever reason, whenever it's somebody like over the age of fifty, they think it's a disgrace that Cantor's not playing. They think that Cantor is such a great basketball player. They they <laughs> they they think they, they, they love to watch him play. They think he's helping this team. Maybe it's like the people that like you just aren't into the analytics, and they don't understand that you know they really it ends up hurting this team if you just you know right. looking on paper and. But like they should be able to see it too, like all his downfalls and then the and just being smart enough to know the fact that
0: he's not in our future, he's not going to be here come next season. I think it's the casual fans that are doing this. Maybe. They're the ones that are not watching every single game. They're look they're watching games here and there. They're looking at the box scores. They see the numbers he puts up. Right. They right. see his stat line. They remember when he stood up for Frank last season. They remember how good he was last season numbers wise he looks good on paper you know right that's and on the other a team like, with very limited like talent it's,
1: it's not like he's like this exciting you know player to watch either he's not flying through the air
0: you know he doesn't have this quickness
1: about no, him. but he
0: dude he puts up numbers on a team that really doesn't have many players on it sure so so casual fans get they're like wow you know how could he not start or play a majority of the minutes the dude puts up like Games where he gets 20 points and 20 boards. And we have any, everyone on our team struggles to get past 20 points.
1: Right. So, so what do you think happens with him? Do you think anything happens with him between now and Thursday?
0: I think he's going to get bought out, unfortunately. I think they're going to do as much as they can to trade him. But I think if they w- would have been able to trade him, it would have happened by now. They've been trying for a while. So I think they'll hold on to him to, you know, in case they need to use him for any kind of deal. Um, let's get to that a little later, though. Let's talk about the Pistons and Knicks game. Dude, Dennis Smith Jr. was—I hate to admit it. No, you don't. don't no, I don't, you don't hate to you admit it because I'm rooting it. for the guy. He was so much fun to watch. Totally. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Not just I was. Not only impressed with how he drove to the basket and scored the ball, but just setting up his teammates. He could have had like 10, 12 assists in that game. Just nobody could hit a shot.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. He was dishing the ball. He was looking for people.
0: Yeah, no, he looked great. He's super quick. Dude, he played 40 minutes. Fizdale really stretched his time out there. And there were some moments towards the end of his like little stints in the game where he was starting to look tired. But... Dude, he, for his second game with the Knicks, I mean, he stepped right in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like the fact that, that Fizdo was playing the three of them together. You know, at least they, before they get, you know, a few games under the belt, a few more practices under their belt. A little bit of, um, you know, giving them a little bit of comfort, you know, looking over and seeing, um, you know, his former teammates with him on the floor there.
0: It's pretty crazy that three of the five starters tonight <laughs> right. were, Dallas, were Dallas Mavs a few yeah. days ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. But DeAndre but for, Jordan too, you know. Dude,
0: I I love having DeAndre Jordan. To be honest, not only is he best friends with Kevin Durant, which is a huge plus. I actually don't think they should move him. I think they should hold on to him. He's going to be great for Mitchell Robinson. I mean, look at that one game practicing with DeAndre Jordan. What happened with Mitchell Robinson against Detroit? <laughs> he had an amazing like whatever that was five, six, seven minutes.
1: Oh, my God, dude. Like, how many yeah, alley-oops? Four, there was like four alley-oops in that span, including you know a couple of lay-ins. One of them was like an end one, which he hit the free throw, surprisingly.
0: All with oh two very God. fucking pink eyes, by the way. Right, right. Which, did you notice how he wasn't high-fiving anyone? No. You didn't pick up on that, dude. Everyone, when he came to the bench, he was giving them elbows. Cantor put his fist in his shirt to touch <laughs> him. You, so you think he has fucking pink eye? He definitely did. You not see his eyes, dude? I did. Yeah, I saw they were. Well, dude, he was either really high or he has pink eye. Pick one. (laughs) Right. Yeah, when he came to the bench, everyone was giving him elbows like this. No, and Cantor like went like this to give him like a fist pound. Mm -hmm. Nobody can see that, but I have my fist in my shirt. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, he played out of his mind.
1: Yeah, he picked up ten rebounds, and you know, rebounds were usually, you know, he, he hadn't been rebounding that well for his size, but yet he actually saw it tonight pulling down
0: pulling down a bunch of boards and my favorite part of that whole sequence when he was in fire on fire in that second quarter dude and I don't I haven't seen this the entire season but that Knicks bench like DeAndre Jordan Dennis Smith Cornette Frank like they were all fucking going nuts yeah well it was one after the
1: other and two of them were really really nice
0: but you know, I always, I always get jealous watching other teams when they're bench. They do the bench mob thing. Yeah, that shit's going down the court, and they're they're so excited that you got one guy like holding everyone back.
1: Right, right, right. And that yeah, was the it's kind like of a,
0: shit that was happening with Detroit. Right. Like well, it also has so to do with us being.
1: Fun. It has to do with us being so young too. You know, you see that all the time in college on college sidelines. And again, you know, we got a bunch of nineteen-year-olds, twenty-year-olds. You know, yeah, kids fresh out of college. So yeah, you're gonna see that more.
0: Like DeAndre Jordan after him was like, that's the way you fucking do it, Mitch, or something like that, right? <laughs> and at the same time, Dennis Smith Jr. is like punching DeAndre in excitement, which is just, I mean, warms your heart, Barry. Yeah, and see like- guys these who actually are the things, look like they fucking like, want to be here.
1: These are the things where like casual fans or people that don't follow the sport, like wonder like, how can you watch these games? The Knicks are in last place. They've got 10 wins. These games mean nothing. How can you watch- and this is what we watch for. We watch for moments and games like Mitchell Robinson just had. You know, we watch to see these new guys that we got now, you know, DSJ on the team. You know, these are the, This is why we watch every night. We don't want to miss a
0: minute. We want to be there the whole time. We watch for glimmers of hope. It's all we can watch for. Little tiny, tiny sparkles in our life. I was yelling during the game. I saw that tweet from you. You were yelling. Your kids were sleeping, but you're still <laughs> yelling.
1: Yes. I was so pumped. I was I was showing my wife. I was like, you got to look at this. Look at this. Look.
0: It was uh, fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The three guys who led the team in scoring tonight, Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, and Dennis Smith Jr. And Dennis Smith Jr., just his athleticism paired with Mitchell is going to be fun to watch. Yeah. You know? Like, he instantly adds a level of athleticism at that position that we did not have.
1: That's right, and, and we're going to see him again all-star weekend in the Slam Dunk Contest his second year in a row.
0: That's right, our lone Nick representative, yeah, <laughs> Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> the uh, the guys on the team who are going to suffer greatly from Dennis Smith Jr., Alonzo Trier and Moutier. Dude, Alonzo played 14 minutes tonight. He did not look thrilled on the sitting on the bench. Right. There was a span where
1: he pl- shared the backcourt with Dennis. It's just, yeah, in the second half,
0: he didn't really make his way back in. Yeah, I mean, he was the most, like, uh, he was the go-to scorer off the bench for that backcourt, but he's not as needed now with Dennis Smith, especially when Dennis Smith is playing like he played tonight. Right, right.
1: I'm still high on Trier. I don't
0: think... Oh, me um, too. He's not going anywhere. He's totally safe. Yeah. He's a great guy off the bench. The guy who should be worried is Moutier, though.
1: Yeah. what What is the injury to Moutier again? I feel like it's it's been...
0: Like, what? Has it been three weeks now? He hurt his shoulder a few weeks ago. hmm So he should be... Him and Frank should be back any day. Right. Assuming neither of them gets traded at the deadline. Which is gonna be interesting.
1: And we'll have to see how Fizdale maneuvers, you know, the playing time between Cornett, DeAndre Jordan, Mitchell Robinson. You know, we said we don't think Cantor is gonna be here, whether it's via trade or buyout. Um, but I mean Cornette played last game.
0: He didn't play against Detroit.
1: No, that's what I'm saying. He played right, he played on Sunday. But he got no minutes now that Yeah. You know, uh, you know,
0: we'll see. We'll see after Thursday's trade deadline. There's a lot going on right now with the team. Like I feel like Wes Matthews is only playing to showcase him for the for the deadline. Lance Thomas is getting a lot of time because of that. Noah right. Vonley. a lot of these guys are probably going to get moved. I could totally see Vonley at this point, especially after the Porzingis trade. I don't know why if we can get any sort of asset for Vonley we wouldn't go for it, even though he's killed his value over the past couple weeks. He cannot hit a three. Yeah. Um, So I don't see any reason why we're not going to do our best to trade Vonley, Matthews, Lance Thomas at a minimum. Maybe Moutier. I wouldn't be shocked if we trade Moutier. There's really no reason. He's going to be a free agent after this season. right? Restricted free agent. But if we have Dennis Smith Jr. on the team and Frank both on rookie deals, and we have enough to sign two max free agents this offseason, there's no room to keep Moutier. There's no reason to have him and Dennis Smith on the team. So if you can get any sort of asset back for him, whether it's a late first round pick or a couple second round picks, I think you go for that. Right. And maybe to... And maybe this isn't fair, but forget Dennis
1: Smith Jr., but... Just seeing Kadeem Allen, and I know it's been a very short stint so far. It's only been a few games. But when you compare him to Moutier, like... And I know Moutier's shown us a lot this season. But, I mean, almost that, for me, is a is a toss-up between these two guys. You know, again, it's only been a few games. So, you really have to see more from this kid, Allen. But...
0: I don't know if I agree with that, Barry. It's a stretch to reach. It is. For me, that's a stretch. I... I thought that way of Kadeem Allen in comparison to like a Trey Burke, because you get these point guards that come off the bench, play very few minutes against the second string of the other team, and they can look pretty good. Yeah.
1: I'm probably selling Moutier short. I mean, you think back to all those fourth quarters he had this year. Moutier has put in a lot
0: (laughs) of like 20 plus point games. Yeah,
1: there were a bunch of impressive moments from him.
0: Kadeem Allen isn't really scoring the ball all that much.
1: Right, right. He's doing a lot of like little things. Right, right. He's not taking over games where Moody actually had done this year.
0: You're right. Right, but he definitely comes in and plays hard D, and I, I think he's a good piece off the bench for sure. Yeah, he's got and an interesting see, beard. Does he have yeah. an interesting beard? Yeah, it's like those the giant triangles on his jaws.
1: The second week his, in a row
0: yeah. now where you're t- kind of talking about how you don't too like superficial. Look, <laughs> look. This is this this isn't. Uh, you know, you're looking you're looking out for the Knicks. You said last week with dots in his headband. This
1: is the this is the Hard Knicks Live podcast. All right, we're going to give you everything, even if it may be superficial. All right, we look at <laughs> we we analyze everything. Go. All right, down to a player's eyes, down to the way he sways back and forth, down to his headband, and yeah, down to his facial hair. All right, get used to it.
0: By the way, you know what the KP trade did for me. Tell me. And I think it did for all Knicks fans. What's that? Dude, it made us stronger. Do you know, just like a couple months ago, I didn't know what I would do if Frank was ever traded. Mm. And in like an hour and a half, we all went from thinking Chris Dapps was our future to him being gone. Like, dude, if we can handle what went down last week with KP. Yeah, and we didn't even
1: get anything for him yet. And, and Nothing, we're okay. right?
0: We could handle any... Like, now I'm like, I'm not fighting for, like, the Knicks can't trade Frank. I, I don't even feel that way anymore. I feel like they can move anyone as long as they're getting... As long as there's good reason for it after that went down. So, KP, we're stronger with, with that because of you and without you. Right?
1: Yep, I'll second that.
0: How about the... How about all, uh, there's a lot of talk that the Knicks know something's going down this summer that we maybe even have commitments there's so many clues dude Scott Perry was part of the group that drafted KD in Seattle yeah. you got Royal Ivy on the coaching staff super close with Durant from when Royal Ivy played in the league DeAndre Jordan now Best friends with KD. Look, I don't want to be Debbie Downer over here. All right,
1: keep going. Keep painting your picture.
0: Executives around the league believe that the Knicks are going to offer KD's agent a big time job within the organization as part of a potential deal. KD's agent a few years ago tweeted Do you know this tweet, Barry? He said, one day I'm going to run the Knicks. Right. He's also a, a big longtime Knicks fan. Now, before you be Den- Debbie Downer, I do think the biggest clue of all, and I mentioned this on Twitter, and I mentioned this to you, We talked we talked a little bit about it on Twitter, so I figured why not bring the discussion here. The biggest clue of all is that we traded Timmy in that Porzingis deal. After less than two years, Mills, who was so frustrated that Phil Jackson traded away Timmy, the first chance he got after Phil left, Mills signed Timmy to that ridiculous offer sheet of $72 million over four years. Everyone knew we overpaid for him, but Mills believed in him so much that he paid beyond what Timmy's talents were at that time. And for a rebuilding team, less than two years after signing Timmy, to give up on that player, if we don't know someone's coming this summer, why would we do that? Why would we, have, why would we make whatever team was taking KP take on Timmy and we would take less back because of that? Why in the world would we ever do that as a rebuilding team unless we knew without a doubt that someone was coming in the summer? Because as a rebuilding team, there's no reason to not just let Timmy's contract run out. There's only a couple more years left. And as a rebuilding team, generally you just want to get as many first round picks back as possible, as many young players. But Mills and Perry felt the need to get rid of Timmy. Do you think there's anything to that? Look, I hope that there is, but
1: look, they here want comes, to be ready to play. They they want to be ready to play ball, is what it comes down to. All right. When when the season's over and free agency opens up. If they didn't move Hardaway, then they're only showing up there able to sign one guy. Maybe this was the only move that they saw that they can make, that they can attach Hardaway to this deal to get him out of here. And to boot, you're getting a ton back. I, I shouldn't say a ton because because <laughs> we're giving up the unicorn. That's a stretch. But you're getting, you're getting your picks back. You're getting a Dennis Smith Jr. back. Um. And I mean, we saw we saw it tonight. You know what he's capable of. And you're opening up the door for two guys now, as opposed to one. Um, so I mean, I,
0: of course, for I rebuilding, hope that they have a commitment. for a rebuilding team, though.
1: For a rebuilding team, but you want to be able to have options when everybody else is going knocking on these free agents door and saying come to us you want to be in that game whether you have a commitment or not you still want to be in the fight so this doesn't necessarily say to me that it's a lock although a lot of analysts and and yourself you know are saying that it is um, you know it doesn't show me that it shows me that they're making the right moves to put themselves in the best position.
0: To carry this thing through, Barry. Big question right now. Hard question. Are you ready? Yeah, I've let's live blow for the some Knicks questions. fans' minds right now.
1: best player on the Knicks right now. Who? Is oh my it? god! My son asked me that today,
0: <laughs> just be before the game. Think about it.
1: I told I showed my son the starting lineup, this and that. And I and It's so funny that you. This is the that.
0: hardest fucking question. You're and absolutely I'm play right. This on Twitter, I think I didn't know was the best player.
1: Yeah, my son, my eight year old son. He said, "Is it DeAndre Jordan? Is he our best player?"
0: <laughs> and <laughs> oh, I really that's, couldn't that's make really an weird. argument.
1: No. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, "Well, it's not Knox. He's not our best player." No. I was like, is it Dennis Smith Jr.? And I'm thinking, <laughs> is it DeAndre Jordan?
0: Is it like who is it? It's a great question. I don't know who the fuck... I don't know who it is. I know. I literally don't know. Like, I don't want to say it, but it might be fucking days. Like Dennis I used to Smith say Jr.
1: yeah. five days ago I would I would grit my teeth when I said it, but I would say Tim Hardaway Jr., you know, for not counting KP because he wasn't playing. I'd say it through gritty, gritting teeth, but I would say Tim Hardaway Jr.
0: But uh, yeah, no, that is a tough question. (laughs) Who the fuck knows? It is a hard next life. (laughs) Right.
1: Uh, I mean, three years from now, it could be Mitchell Robinson. It could be Alonzo Trier. It could be Dennis Jr.
0: It could (laughs) fucking be Mitchell (laughs) Robinson right now,
1: Barry. I I don't know. It could be. It very well could be. You know, that's the problem with having such a shitty team right now. (laughs) <laughs> because hope does nothing for the present
0: maybe it's Frank that just left it Barry speechless it did. I didn't know how to come back at that I'm kidding it's not Frank alright guys that's going to do it for the show Barry you have anything else you want to share
1: No, I will say this I, I don't remember if I said it last time on the uh, the emergency pod that we did after the trade which got great reviews by the way so thank you everybody for enjoying that one But um, what I was going to say is when when we were, when we had the space to sign one guy, I did not want Kyrie Irving. I didn't like his injury history um, and I didn't, I was hoping that he wasn't going to be the one that we signed. But now that we have two spots open, if we got Kevin Durant, I do want Kyrie Irving. Um, That injury history does not scare me as much, (laughs) you know, knowing that
0: we'd have KD on the team as well. Does that make sense? Makes total sense. Barry, everyone's totally relieved that you're on board for KD and Kyrie. Oh, yes. Finally. It's going to happen. I'm telling you guys, it's happening.
1: Oh, my God. The way Kyrie was talking after this trade went down, basically changing his tune in Boston. He Listen, went from having his jersey up in the in the rafters <laughs> to, right. to um, I'm going to do what's right for me. Don't
0: ask Barry, me any questions until... And who's been saying all season that this commitment Kyrie made to Boston was bullshit?
1: Everything is bullshit.
0: We can't trust anyone. Dude, but it's very telling that neither KD or Kyrie will commit to their current teams. It's very telling. And there's only one team in the league right now who can sign two max free agents. And that puts us at a huge advantage. When these guys are talking all season... When they're dreaming about teaming up with someone, there's only one team that can pull off something similar to to what LeBron pulled off with the Heat way back in whatever that was. And that's us. Dude, you're giving me the chills right now. So we will see, guys. But can you imagine? And stop the fucking exit music right now because it's already been playing for too long. I just want you to close your eyes, Barry, right now. Okay. We're, not
1: doing, we're not doing another meditation, are we?
0: No meditation, but I want you to close your eyes.
1: Okay, they're closed.
0: I want you to picture Kevin Durant and Kyrie and whichever top lottery pick we get this season.
1: C- can, can I picture
0: Zion? If you must, but I just don't want to get your hopes w- too high because that's not for certain. KD and Kyrie are the only certain thing coming next season. Craig. I just w- <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. Certain. Ch- certain. Where just, do you um, get off?
1: You 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 host you co-host a podcast called "It's a Hard Nick's Life," and now you're telling me that there's certainty that KD and Kyrie are
0: coming to our organization. Listen, I've been following this team a long time, like you have. Yes, sometimes you can just feel something coming when it's coming. Wow, I can feel it coming. Well, that should put everybody at ease, dude. My my life would be totally different. It would be like I won. It was so like I won the fucking lottery. (laughs) It
1: was so strange just last week turning on any sports station, even if it was national, like on Sirius XM, whatever, and hear everybody talking about the Knicks. Cause it just doesn't happen.
0: That's what KD and Kyrie can look forward to. You're surrounded by talented youth. <laughs> we, okay. You know what? Let's not they're coming. Let's not let's not ruin it. All right. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show today. Reach out to us at it's a hard life at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at at Hard Knicks Life, and you can follow Barry at Barry Dworkin.
1: You know, leave us some more voicemails. That last episode, we got great voicemails. I love them. 516-33-Mesh1. Give your rants. What other show can you call up and rant about the Knicks, be explicit, and let it all out? Just
0: go go nuts. Yeah, and I want to know who Macho Man is. So whoever the hell Macho Man is, call us and tell us. I need to know.
1: Is there any there's no correlation between Macho Man and, and the NBA, let alone the Knicks, right? I I'm not missing something, am I? I have no idea what that was. It's about. just like the one impression this guy can do. <laughs> so I figured he'd call in as macho man. Or give us a di- call him with a different impression if you got some others. It doesn't have to be a
0: wrestler. <laughs> I love when we get calls from like that dude, Augie. Oh yeah. Oh, his was great. Oh dude, when when he tells you how great you are, it's great. Yeah, that was terrific yeah. too.
1: <laughs> I loved what he said, "Let KP go over and play with those Eastern European motherfuckers."
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we got the trade deadline this Thursday. Barry, what's the upcoming schedule for the Knicks? You don't know. Um no, oh, no. Nope. Are you going to load up your fucking phone? This, dude, you've got like two Shit. responsibilities in this show. It's to say the I episode know. number and to give us a schedule at the end. You're so right.
1: All right, let's see. All right, yeah. So Friday night, they go to Detroit, and we get to play Blake Griffin again. And then the next day on Saturday, we're back at home against Toronto. And then big game, Monday the 11th in Cleveland, Oh. The Knicks will
0: battle the Cavs. That is a huge game. We cannot win that game. <laughs> Next pod will come out either Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning. Right, Barry? Right, that sounds good. Good night to Barry's mom, dad, and sister. Barry, is that sufficient? Uh, hold on, let me check with them. I
1: uh, know you got to at least include another compliment to my sister
0: uh seriously okay uh okay barry's sister uh your pants are pretty cool I like there your you pants go. perfect it's that good yeah, yeah absolutely what kind of pants are those
1: um z cavaricis <laughs> I, I knew you were gonna say i
0: knew you were gonna say z cavaricis yeah <laughs> dude z cavaricis that was when the Knicks were fucking awesome
1: yeah i think yeah. you're right yeah with the sambas all right
0: until next time it is a hard Knicks nicks Oh. Oh. oh, fuck, Barry. It worked so well last time. You're just going to fucking assume that we're going to do that back and forth every show?
1: I should not assume that.
0: You should not assume anything.
1: Hey, Craig. What? Uh, I don't know what I was going to say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Later.